Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you've tuned into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eton. I'm host for today's program as well as I serve as a senior pastor right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And before we get into our study tonight, I want to take this opportunity to extend the personal invitation for you to join us this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Bring a family member or a friend with you and join us right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. It's a one-hour service and starts at 11 a.m. And again, we'd love to see your face in the place. But before you visit us, why don't you go ahead and join us at uh, our website at www.heargodsword@bethlehem.com. Again, our website is www.heargodsword@bethlehem.com, and there you can get to know us. You can scroll down to the bottom and follow or friend us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and join us in what I call Cyber Church. But ultimately, we want you to join us right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar, right in the heart. The Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. Today, Bethlehem, as always, we want to encourage you to join us this coming Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. as we fast and pray for our church. Uh, we fast and praying that God would add disciples to our church, fasting and praying for those who are of great needs within our church. We praise God for a successful surgery for Sister Audrey. We're praising God for that and continue to fast and pray for her and her whole family. Uh, we're fasting and praying for your burden. There are some burdens and procedures that I'm praying for both, both publicly and privately. Uh, but I want you to fast and pray with us, church, this coming Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., it happens after prayer, and we believe in the power of prayer right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And while you're fasting and praying, I'm going to ask you to fast and pray for our television program that will begin to air on the Now Television Network uh, Sunday, the first Sunday in June. We're excited to be a part of the team there. A word from the Lord TV and we want you to fast and pray for us. Uh, Bethlehem, uh, it says it has the possible potential to reach, I believe it's uh, through the satellite, uh, 180 million, I think they said, and cable television along, I think it was 56 million. However, we wanna reach uh, however many God wants us to reach through this television network. So fast and pray, this is a spiritual work, Bethlehem. So fast and pray for this broadcast in Jesus' name. We're going to continue in our series that we've entitled A Woman's Worth. We ask you to fast and pray uh, for this series and really every series that I preach uh, because this is a spiritual work and, and we have to put in the spiritual equity, if you would, as we uh, ask God to move uh, through our church and through the preaching and teaching. And uh, A Woman's Worth is a series that we based on Proverbs 31 and 30, which says, charm is deceitful and broody is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. And this is the Woman's Worth series. This month we are 
going to praise women as well as teach her the way God's woman should get her worth. Let me say that again. This month, Bethlehem Saints of God, we're, we're going to praise women as well as teach her the way God's woman should get her worth. You see, in our day and time, women get their worth, sadly, especially the younger women. And, and I've seen it even spill over to the older middle-aged women uh, where they're more concerned about getting likes and more concerned about getting views. And if you want to get likes and views, uh, women usually have to take off their clothes. Hello, somebody. That's not a woman's worth God's way. Or they have to wear clinging outfits or or they have uh, these sites that you, you got to join privately. And this is how they're getting their worth because they're getting likes and views and they're making money. Many of them are making money. And even I've seen this kind of stuff go on in reality TV with women who are 40 plus and they're wearing all of this, uh, the beauty uh, type of things, getting surgeries, manifesting their body because they believe that's where they can get their worth. And some are experiencing financial uh, finances, blessings and finances for doing this. But this is not what God called a Christian woman to do. This, uh, and no woman should have to get her worth that way. Uh, the Bible does say charm is deceitful and broody is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. So a woman should get her, her worth through uh, the things we've been talking about this month, through prayer. Because Hannah had to get her worth through prayer, through procreation, as Eve got her worth. Uh, a woman should get her worth through godly praise. And godly praise comes from her children and her husband, not lustful praise. You see, all likes are not alike. Hello, somebody. Uh, most of the like women gets is lust. Hello, somebody. Uh, but a woman should get her, her praise through her purse, not in the, the type of purse that she's carrying, but how she supports the work of the ministry at the church. Hello, somebody. A woman should get her worth through perseverance. We saw that in Sarah's case this last Sunday. And if you didn't get to see that, you can download that at our podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a very unique woman. A woman should get her worth through politics. We're going to talk about Deborah. She was a very, very unique woman. Um, also, the last two would be a woman should get her worth through uh, um, persistence and a woman should get her worth through proclamation. Well, we started this whole series uh, through these women who were at the grave on the morning that Jesus told them that they were raised from the dead. The women were there and the men were not. And God holds women in high regard for their worth. And we want you to hold yourself in high regards for your worth because you've been created in the image of God. And you have been saved by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now, let's get into this text. Let's read in your hearing today, Judges chapter 4 verses four through five, and it reads as following. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidot, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes 
decided. I read to you Judges chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. May God only bless the doers of his marvelous and holy word. Today, we're going to share a message entitled, A Woman Should Get Her Worth Through Politics. And we're going to look on around three points. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk today about a woman who was a prophet, a woman who was a partner, and a woman who was a peacemaker, a woman who was a prophet, a woman who was a partner, and a woman who was a peacemaker. And we're going to uh, Bethlehem today and saints of God, we're going to look at, or my thesis is, is that Christian women should multitask their gifts, challenges, and abilities for the glory of God. Let me say that again. Christian women and its men alike should use or should multitask their gifts, talents, and abilities for the glory of God, for the glory of God. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. Deborah the prophetess, a leader who helped Israel trust the Lord. Deborah was a prophetess, a faithful Israelite leader who was inspired by the Lord. Her people had stopped keeping the Lord's commandments and the Canaanites ruled over them. After 20 years, the Israelites began to pray for the Lord's help. The Lord heard their prayers. He told Deborah to gather an army of Israelites to fight against the Canaanites. The Canaanite army had many soldiers and chariots. This made the Israelite army afraid, but not Deborah. She knew the Lord would help them Barak was the leader of the Israelite army. He did not want to fight, but he thought that if Deborah went with the army, the Lord would protect them. Deborah agreed to go. She prophesied that a woman would defeat Sisera, the leader of the Canaanite army. The Israelite army gathered on a mountain and the Canaanites gathered in the valley. Deborah told Barak to go down from the mountain. She promised that the Lord would be with them. The Lord sent rain, and the Canaanites' chariots were swept away in the water. Many Canaanites were drowned in the river, but Sisera ran away. A woman named Jael lived in a tent nearby. She saw Sisera running and told him to hide in her tent. Jael knew that he was a leader of the Canaanite army and killed him so that he couldn't hurt more people. Deborah's prophecy came true. Sisera was defeated by a heroic woman. Deborah sang a song to help the Israelites remember how the Lord saved them. The Israelites kept the commandments and lived in peace for 40 years. Amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. At Bethlehem, as always, we'd like to get on the maps and, and we're looking at the maps today. And the best way to get your orientation is to kind of think down this way for uh, Jerusalem is uh, about, looks like about 20 to 40 miles down south. And the text, it mentions uh, Bethel and Roma 
And uh, she was supposed to be in the hill country of Ephraim. So we believe that this, she was somewhere in between here. And, and you can see, um, they called it hill country and they didn't say the mountains of Ephraim. So we think it's somewhere uh, on this side of the mountain. Remember, Jerusalem is down here. And remember, uh, these mountain ranges go all the way up uh, to uh, the Sea of Galilee in Jesus' time. This is the Jordan River that springs down here. And many people say that uh, the Jews would uh, cross down here and cross over to Jordan because they hated the Samaritans. But as I studied the land, they probably didn't, they probably hated them, but it probably was more feasible for them to go uh, across over the Jordan and to come down here it was an easier route to take, an easier route to take. But again, Bethel is here, Rama's here, trying to find that palm tree she was under in the hill country of Ephraim. So this is our lesson today on the maps. Point number one, a woman who was a prophet. Now, Deborah is a very interesting character on the faces of scripture. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you her distinctions a little later, but uh, she was called a prophet. And it's very unique for a woman uh, to be called a prophet. And she was in a very unique time. She was in that interperiod uh, time, uh, that time of the, the judges. And the judges, the, the way that government would, would, would work or how they would be led, they were either led by the patriarchs. And then after the patriarch, it was the judges when they rebelled against God, God and Lamb rebelled against God and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And uh, so Deborah also is not just considered a, a prophet, she's a, a judge. So she was doing that time right before the people would ask for a king. So it's a very kind of uh, interesting time in politics and in religion, because again, the people of God would obey under a, a, a prophet, not a prophet, but a judge. And then they would turn, they were always up and down. They would obey and disobey, obey under a judge and disobey. And then when they got kings, they did the same thing. They wanted a king. They didn't uh, relish in their uniqueness. They begged God for a king. And that's when Samuel came along. He's a very interesting person too in that interperiod period of time uh, who was uh, considered a judge, a priest, and uh, uh, God used him to choose a king. So we're in that time. And it describes Deborah as a prophet. She was a prophet. She was a prophet, but she was more than a prophet. And that's why we're talking about multitasking, because she had, seems like she had several gifts, like many women do. Um, she's identified as a, a prophet. She's identified as a wife. And she's identified as a judge. And some renderings call her a leader. Um, so uh, to just say that she was in the political realm is really not that she was she was there but she was more than that 
and and and, and let me try to define uh, who she was and what she was, and we we try to apply the way she lived her life to our lives. See, uh, see, Deborah was the only female judge, and she also was the only judge called a prophet. Let me say that again, Deborah was the only female judge and the only judge to be called a prophet. That's how unique she is. Uh, One other source described her this way. She's the only female judge, the only one to be called a prophet and the only one described as performing, uh, performing a judicial function. Um, and, 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 and that's what's unique about Deborah. And, 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 and she also was a distinct figure in the defeat of the Canaanites. Uh, so she had all of these uniquenesses. And many times when people have all these different various gifts, talents, and abilities, it's hard to place them. And, and there's somebody listening at the sound of my voice and you're a woman you, and you're able to do so many different things. You're able to multitask. You're, you're a, a, a one of a kind. And how do we minister to people who are one of a kind? Because nobody knows where to put her. Uh, she's the only woman called a prophet. Nobody knows where to put her. The only, only prophet, the only judge called a prophet. Hello, somebody. The only female ju- prophet, the only judge called a prophet as well to make her distinct from all the other judges. She's the only one. Somebody's listening at the sound of my voice. And you have so many unique kinds of talents that you are the only one. What do you do? when you have so many unique, distinct gifts and abilities and talents, uh, what do you do? But we follow her example and, and she did everything that God had called her to do and be. Let me say that again. See, uh, and, and my challenge is I, 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 I try to minister to people who have the gift of preaching, but some preachers have the gift to write. So we got to try to get them to not only preach, but you got to do your discipline in writing. There's some folk who may have the gift to teach and to preach, but they're also able to sing. And we got to encourage them to use all of their gifts, talents, and abilities to multi multitask for the kingdom of God. If God gave it to you, he, he meant for you to use it, even when other folk around you may not be able to understand it, may not be able to describe it, but all God wants you to do is to be and to do everything he put in you to be and to do for his glory. This woman was unique, a one of a kind, even amongst men. Woo, that's deep. She was a one of a kind, even amongst men. That's how unique she was. Uh, and, and she uh, was a judge. She was a judge. And, and she was a prophet and the only prophet, to, the only judge to be called a prophet. Woo, that's deep. So it's like she's in uh, uh, the political realm, what, what, we, we, what we would call she's a, a part of uh, the Supreme Court, but she's also president. Uh, she's a part of uh, all these different branches of, of politics, and, and that's how unique she was. And, and our encouragement is to follow her example, be who God called you to be, even though 
Uh, ain't nobody been called to do it before. Ooh, let me say that again. Be unique. Be who God called you to be, even if nobody's ever been able to do it before. Be all, ladies, all that you can be. Because the ladies seem to be more better at multitasking. And, and, and we as men uh, try to get you to focus on one, one thing. But if God has given you the gifts, the talents, and abilities, you can multitask for the kingdom of God. She was a prophet, which was also a symbolic of a religious leader. Hello, somebody. And, and, and religious government, because remember, these are the people of God, though they're not acting like it most of the time. And the judges said everybody did what was that was right in their own eyes in the book of Judges. But she was a religious leader. And not only that, but the unique thing is, and the second point, she, she, she was a prophet. And then it says she was a partner. It says she was a wife, which is very unique. Uh, uh, the, wife, the wife of Lapida. And it says she was leading Israel at the time. So she had to play the role of a wife. And the unique thing that says in the text, it didn't say she was leading her husband. It says she was leading Israel at that time. Woo, which is deep. And, and that's why it's hard for some women to have uh, 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 all of the authority and power of a judge or uh, uh, of a religious leader and to lead men. And many times those women have a problem being married. You say, why do they have a problem being married? Because they try to bring their work home. Hello, somebody. They're leaders. Uh, in government, their leaders in politics, and they try to bring their work home, but it didn't say she tried to bring her work home. It didn't even say she was leading her home. It said she was leading Israel at the time. H hello, somebody. And, 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 and I, I like, I formed a club, a, a club that I, I talk and I, I, I minister to, to guys who are married to strong black women. <laughs> and I have to tell them, hey, join the club, join the club, because these kind of women can be difficult, uh, especially if they're not following the roles that God calls a woman to do in her household. Hello, somebody. It didn't say she was leading the home. It says she was leading Israel. In other words, she had the right priority. She she led as a prophet and she led as a judge, but her right priority at home was her husband was her leader. Hello, somebody. Let me say that again. Her husband was her leader. Remind me of the text it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and 24. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands to your own. See, she was submitted to her own husband, but she was leading Israel. Hello, somebody. Let me say that again. She was submitted to her own husband, but she was leading Israel. For it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as wife is the head of the church, his body, and uh, for which is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ also, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything hello somebody it didn't say she was leading her home 
It says she was leading Israel. So it seems that she knew her role. She was a prophet. She was a religious leader. She was a judge. She was leading a judge. But at home, hello, somebody. At home, uh, uh, her husband came first. Woo! That's deep. That's deep. It's always difficult uh, to teach this, especially as a man. Especially as a man. But I, I always like to put it this way. Uh, 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 people have problems, and even men have problems with submitting to their bosses. Uh, they have problems with submission, but I like to describe it this way. The Greek word can means to yield, to yield. <clears throat> A wife should yield to her own husband. And we see in the text that seems to be what she was doing because it didn't say she led her husband, she led Israel. So she yielded to her husband. Hello, somebody. Uh, for the husband is the head and, and, and yielding is the right of way. You see, in order to get on the freeway, uh, we're more likely to yield because we don't want to get in an accident. <clears throat> There's some folk in their homes today uh, in accidents because nobody is yielding. And, and that text says before that, submit yourselves one to another, uh, which means to be yielding to one another. And Christ uh, and man should love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. That's the only way he's going to be able to be submitting or yielding in areas is because he's going to have to give himself up, which means that everything in his household just can't go his way. Hello, somebody. Everything in the household shouldn't just go her way. Um, there should be some yielding going on. And if there's not any yielding, guess what? There's going to be some confusion in the household. In Jesus' name, when a man is married to a woman who is unyielding, she want to box, she want to fight. And, 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 and I always tell women, don't poke the bear. Why are you trying to fight? Don't fight him. Hello, somebody. Leave that bear alone. <laughs> and vice versa. If you ever get into a situation where you think you're about to get physical and y'all want to box and fight one another, that's what happens when two people in a marriage is unyielding. When two people in a marriage is strong. You know, when Sister Etan, Sister Etan and I got married, I was a bit concerned because I knew that both of us were used to being in charge. Hello, somebody. But I knew my role was to be what God called me to be. We're both used to being in charge. Uh, 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 and she was a military uh, uh, person, uh, a colonel. Uh, she, 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 she was military police. She uh, uh, she, 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 she was uh, over parole, the parole officer. She told men what to do all the time, and men yield to her all the time. Here, here come past Eton in her life. <laughs> oh, but God has a role for us all to play, and He has tasks for us all to do. And we've got a multitask. And sometimes that means we lead. And sometimes that means we follow. Let me say it again. Sometimes that means we lead. And sometimes we me it means that we follow. We have to multitask. And we have to be uh, all things to all different people in Jesus' name. She didn't lead her home, but she led Israel. Hello, somebody. Very unique marriage for a very unique woman. We talked about today. Um, a woman 
to get her worth through politics. Uh, a woman uh, who is a peacemaker. Uh, she was a prophet. Uh, she was a partner in her marriage. And then it says that, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. This is her, her judge, the judge part of her uh, unique abilities. And, and she even had a unique place um, to do her work. She was under the palm tree of Deborah. Hello, somebody between. They named the palm tree after her. Hello, somebody. That's what women do. They, they make things, people, and places and things fabulous. You see, they say a man was on the, the, the palm tree judging. <laughs> but that's what women do. They color our lives many times. And, and, and she's doing a very serious job, but she made sure she was under a palm tree. She made sure that there was a relaxed environment. She made sure that it would be a peaceful environment. And I said that she was a peacemaker, but she really was a justice of the peace. And that's what justice does, um, is that justice, when justice happens, you get peace in the land. Hello, somebody. And when there's no justice in the land, there's an outcry. And just like the cry, oh, when the, when the African man brother was killed in the street and calling out, to his mother. Oh, there was an uproar in the world and it wasn't until, until this man was held accountable. You see, that's the justice of the peace. And, and that's what she did. She set a peaceful environment, a tranquil environment, and the people came and she was a justice of the peace. Uh, and she had the ability to, oh, to help folk come to terms. We need those kind of people in Washington today because we got two political parties, just like in a marriage, that are unyielding. And they're unyielding now over the debt ceiling. Unyielding. Nobody wants to yield. And, and if somebody don't yield, guess what? The regular people are going to suffer the consequences of their folks. Oh, Social Security may not get paid. Oh, and that's why we need some Deborahs in the place. Hello, somebody. I, I don't want to say that women's sin tend to be sensible, more sensible than men. Um, but sometimes I believe they can be. I don't want to stereotype, but sometimes I believe that they can be because, uh, because of the heart that they have. They, they're concerned about more about the greater good than just about winning the battle. Don't you know when you compromise, everybody wins. And that's what the people in Washington needs. We need a Deborah to rise up and to get people to compromise that everybody wins as opposed to be unyielding to their party and everybody loses. In Jesus' name, we need some Deborahs to rise up. We need some Christian folk on both sides of the arena, Republicans and Democrats who can come together as, as, as 
scare us and, uh, and enable us to handle our disputes in a way that it would cause peace in the land. The same thing about this gun issue in America today. We need some Deborahs to rise up, oh, to be justice of the peace to, and that something can happen, a compromise can happen to where we don't have folk being killed by automatic weapons in schools, in churches, in malls. Oh, it's a crying shame, but we need some Deborahs to rise up women, oh, and men who nobody can pin down, nobody can point, oh, but who are patriarchs, real patriots. You know, they redefine patriots today. A patriot is somebody who has America, and think of America first, over party and, and, and over political and, and, and legislative oh, people who, who feed the system. We need a Deborah to rise up and to manifest a tranquil oh, environment and help us in the United States. Oh, we really need a Deborah all around the world. We need a Deborah oh, there in Germany. Oh, we need a Deborah all around the world for all these political powers that are, uh, are showing their fangs and nuclear powers are showing their veins and, and, and boasting about their power and threatening a, a power. We need Deborahs to rise up in Jesus' name. I pray as a result of this lesson that God would use uh, oh, us here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church to rise up some Deborahs or oh, the manifest some good sense in the land and in the world. Oh, she was a justice of the peace. They had disputes and they came to her and she chose that the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Also, there's conflicts in the church. You know, there's a way that God has this Old Testament, New Testament. If there's conflicts in the church, God has a way to cause that to happen. And first of all, if we have a conflict in the church, don't come and talk to me first, the pastor. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point it out and point out their faults just between the two of you. Uh, this is how we settle disputes in the church, just between you and the person. And many times, especially if they are Christian, especially if they have the heart of Deborah, it can be resolved with these two people. But then it says, if they don't listen to you, uh, or, or, or if they listen to you, you have won them over. And 16 says, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Ah, don't go and talk to other people just saying that you're mad about what they did or what they said. Go to them first, and if it doesn't happen that way, take two others, one or two other sensible folk. Hello, somebody other Deborahs to come along, sensible people to help you resolve the issue. And then it says, if they refuse to listen, then you get the pastor in the church and I'll tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, 
threaten them and uh, treat them like a oh a pagan or a tax collector. God's word has been established. And if we want to do what God's word says, and if we want to be peacemakers in the church, we've got to do what God's word says. If we want to be Deborah's in the church, we got to do what God's word says. In Jesus' name, she was so unique. She was a prophet. She was a partner. And she was a peacemaker or justice of the peace. And that's what God is calling us all to be. Hello, somebody. In some way or another, he's calling us all to be prophets. Uh, to foretell as least. And you hear me say, I'm, I say all the time, I'm not a prophet. With, I, when, I, when I say that, I mean I'm not a forth teller. I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future, but I am a forth teller. I tell the word and we all need to be a prophet in that way. We tell the world to the uh, tell the world about the word of God in the context that we're in. We all should be oh foretellers, not foretellers, foretellers and and, and it gets my goat. Uh, and, and, and guys who seem like good guys. Um, and they preach the word, but then they want to try to prophesy and, and they talk to me and, and I'm going to listen to what they say and I'm going to hold them accountable for, to what they say. We had one preacher who told me that the next year the building, our building would be built. And guess what? The building ain't been built yet. So he prophesied and not prophesied. Hello, somebody. I had another brother who tried to foretell some stuff to me and say, I ain't going to have no problem with this confidence, this person in the church. I'm like, we ain't even got a person like that in the church. Oh, that person I was having problems with. I'm like, I ain't got no person like that in the church. And you're trying to foretell and you're telling lies. Just preach the word. I like to tell, preach the word. You ain't no prophet, just preach the word. That's enough. Be who God created you to be. We talked about multitasking your gift, talents, and abilities. Be who God called you to be. Don't be who you think God wants you to be. You don't have that gift. Hello, somebody. And you don't have that gift, don't do it. If you can't sing, don't sing in the choir. That's why I ain't in the choir today. <laughs> you say, yeah, preacher, but you sing all the time. But I ain't in the choir. <laughs> Use your gifts, talents, and abilities. Be who God created you to be. And don't try to be something that God didn't call you to be. In Jesus' name. She was a prophet. Hello, somebody. She was a partner, but she didn't go in there and try to be a leader in a household. She led Israel. Didn't say she led a household in Jesus' name. And she was a peacemaker. She was somebody that people could come to and get their disputes resolved. Are you that kind of person today? Or are you staring up the mess in the church or the mess in your family? God has called us all to be a uh, uh, to be a Deborah. Hello, somebody. We not we may not have the same gifts, talents, and abilities. God has called us all to be a Deborah. 
Today we talked about a woman should get her worth through politics and we said Christian women should multitask their gifts, talents, and abilities for the glory of God. Not only women, but men as well. Be who God created you to be. Be who God gifted you to be. And don't try to be something that you're not. And we live in a world where they lie to children. Children think they can go out and be record stars and they can't, they don't even have the ability to sing. And, 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 and they make their children play sports and think they're gonna be the, the next Michael Jordan when they don't even start on their little 12-year-old uh, team. That, that, that ain't somewhere you wanna lead your child to be. They don't have that kind of giftings. Teach them to be, and you gotta notice that as parents, the gifts and talents and abilities that they have. My mother knew I was called to preach at a very young age. There was some other stuff I was going after her and she hated it. She knew I was called to preach. She didn't tell me to go uh, to places that I wasn't called to be. We all have to learn how to multitask our gifts, talents, and abilities for the glory of God. Right now, I want to take this opportunity um, to extend this invitation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're listening at sound of my voice, God has gifted you. He has given you certain talents and abilities, but the only way you're going to be able to work those talents, gifts, and abilities out is that you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. The only way you're going to be able to glorify God is to give your life to Jesus Christ. And today, I'm asking you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Come and pray this simple prayer with me today. Pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I come today believing, Lord, that you've gifted me with gifts, talents, and abilities, but knowing I cannot use them for you until I give my life to you. And today, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved, so that today I may begin to use my gifts, talents, and abilities for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time and you are anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, I'd like to tell you that you've been born into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church this coming Sunday. I'm not inviting you to church anymore. I'm telling you to come on home this Sunday at 311 North Dunbar, right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. We want to see your face in this place this coming Sunday. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you're listening in other parts of the United States or other parts of the world, you must join a church home. When you prayed that prayer, God instilled in, in you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to guide you to a church home. It must be a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. And There's some parts of the world that you may have to start a church right where you are. Uh, but the Holy Spirit will guide you. Well, Bethlehem, I want to thank you for joining us today. And as always, I want to encourage you um, to stay connected 
We praise God for answered prayers that we had at the beginning of this week. But we need to stay connected to God's person. We need to stay connected to God's precept. I'm glad you joined me today in the word. And stay connected to God's people. That's why we want to see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service, as well as why don't you come on to Sunday school and get into the precepts of God through Sunday school as well. So let me go ahead and give the benediction. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. You're truly worthy to be praised. And I pray that your word today was a encouragement to the body of Christ, was guidance and direction for the body of Christ. I pray, Lord, that your word today has loose gifts, talents, and abilities into the body of Christ that's never been loose before. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord, Bethlehem and saints of God. You are this man.